Welcome back to the Pick 199 podcast, episode 61. I'm here with Muzzy. You. Nako. Sup. And Coxie D. Hey, boys. We're back into it. We've got the NBA and some news for this app. Uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the NBA and have a quick look at where everyone is standing at the minute. Uh, we've got the Washington Wizards leading the way in the Eastern Conference and the Golden State Warriors leading the Western Conference. Boys, talk to me. Yeah, well, Snake, I'd be happy, wouldn't you, mate? Yeah, well, what can I say, boys? Um, I told you this was going to happen. And uh, I think we paid it out. I think the Bulls, um, Bulls are going to finish top of the conference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, put it this way. The way I see it is we beat the Lakers today, who we thought were going to win the um, the Western Conference. So all of a sudden that puts us like super high up there. Um, but no, good performance today. We're building into something. Would like to see some closer performances against teams like Golden State. Um, but no, we're looking all right. No, very good. Oxy D, I know you want, you're itching to talk, mate. Yeah, look, I um, I just want to talk real quickly about the Celtics, boys. Can you keep up, Snake? Go keep tapping that screen for me, mate. Um, so they're seven and seven, so they're on that 50% mark for wins and losses. Um, and I'm not really a fan of how Schroeder's sort of come into the team. I don't think he was really what they needed. Um, I think what they need is, an, is a different point guard, to be honest. But they didn't really lose a whole lot in any way. So it was probably a good decision when they first did it. But I was just thinking, boys, I reckon, and here's sort of a proposal I'd like you boys to just have a think about for the Celtics. If they were to trade a player like Marcus Smart, um, potentially to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie, I think he'd be a great fit for the Celtics. I know he's not a prolific scorer, but I think what they need is someone who can find those passes and some somebody who can score when they need to, but... Is sort of a pass-first sort of playmaker kind yeah, of style. Yeah. And I think Spencer's sort of – I'm not comparing him to Chris Paul at all, um, but I think he's sort of on a similar vein there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think even a, a, a Darius Garland from Cleveland would also be good, but I can't see Cleveland letting go of him. But Spencer at Washington Wizards, I think he might be a good addition there for the Celtics if they were to trade somebody like Marcus Smart. I mean, Marcus Smart's great on the defensive end, but I just don't think – is what they sort of need offensively. And Coxie, me and you spoke about Dennis Schroeder being a, a terrible pick for them, pick up. Not in terms of he's a terrible player or anything, no. just in terms of the system. Yeah. And we talked about the possibility of Chris Paul being a much better fit, not necessarily because of his scoring, but because of his ability to pass the ball, his ability to control tempo. Mm. So to piggyback off what Coxie's saying, um, what, do, what do we think about Spencer did witty boys. Do we think that's that's a that's a good trade? Because if we do, I've got another one in mind. Um, I don't think it's a bad. Like, I think um, like possibly both teams win out of that trade though too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the South shooter would fit right into that Washington Wizards outfit a lot better than he does with the Celtics at the minute. So yeah. I think him and him and Bill could develop a good relationship there. Mm. Mm. I think they're so similar too. I think Boston may have to give a pickup potentially. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just a great trade for both teams, honestly. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Snake. Yeah, I like it. 
I, do, I really do. I don't know if Washington are willing to trade away right at this present time because they're having a little bit of success and they haven't had anything mm. for so long. Yeah. Um, but maybe, like, I don't think he's going to leave, but even someone like D-Rose, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, I think you're 100% right in this the style of player there, mm. Dave. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, D-Rose, someone like that vein. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking though. I like, really like. I really like what you're saying. Yeah, but with the Wizards, you know, you've got Bill, and he's sort of your primary ball handler too, and he's sort of yeah. plays in that guard role. Yeah, I just yeah. think they're not really going to miss someone like Spencer. But I guess, as you said, Snake, they're sitting right up top, so yeah. they probably don't really want to change anything. Mm. But um, it's been so think, long since they've been successful. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, Smart would be good for them because he's so defensively minded. Yeah, um, and it allows Bill just to be more creative and. And, and do what he does best, really. So mm. my, my my next question is, how do we think Ben Simmons would fit in that Celtics outfit? I think he'd do all right, but I just don't think if they if Celtics have to give up Jalen Brown for him, I think that's a terrible trade for the Celtics. Oh, 100 percent But I'm saying if, if there's if there's a way that they can work it with picks, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart, possibly a center or power forward, mm. Mm. Um, someone maybe along the lines of Robert Williams. Yeah, I think um, I'd have to give him up. Yeah, I think that would probably clear up enough cap to get Ben Simmons, and mm. I think the peaks would incentivize it because I, I don't I don't know how long seventy sixes can keep holding me out. Well, I think the um, other thing is too. It depends on what like they they think uh, Ben Simmons is worth too. Like whether or not they want to trade a yeah. like for like sort of player. Like whether or not they want they go. Well, they've they've shown Simmons. they've shown they basically want the top of the top, but I don't, yeah, there's no way they're going to get it. Um, well, that's so, what I mean. Like, are they yeah. do they want to get like three players like Schroeder, Smart, and um, uh, Robert Williams, yeah. uh, or like are they wanting to just trade and like get someone like Jason Tatum or something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel you know, like, like the Philly they would definitely want uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, I think so too. But I think as as time begins to run out to trade deadline. I think mm. they're going to start getting, giving, be willing to give up more and more mm. in yep. terms of what they want back. Just to just to have it done. Yeah, because I think they, want, they, they, they want to get it over and done with, I think, because they're holding out, but I don't think they're going to be able to hold out until after the trade deadline. I think if if trade deadline passes, they're, they're going to want to make a move then. Yeah, mm. I think for team cohesion, they want this done. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. as far as the style of player you suggested, Coxie, Simmons is the best there is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You want someone that doesn't need to score, but yeah. can score still inside. Defensively, he's, he's the best. Because when you get those players on the opposition side, they're double-teaming Tatum, they're trying to double-team Brown, it just leaves it open for players like Simmons just to charge in. Simmons mm-hmm. is going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I really like that. I just think... um, mm-hmm. but. In terms of the Simmons trade, I think it'd be great if they can get him without giving up Brown. But I think I don't. I, yeah, I can't see it happening though. But I know what you mean, Muzzy. They get more desperate with it all. And but that's what I mean. Like, think if it, it comes, if it comes trade deadline, I'm sure they'll take without Jalen Brown. If if, yeah. if if we're honest, if we're yeah. honest, there's there's going to come a time if all teams waited out. There's going to come a time that they're going to be willing to take second string players and. Starters that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily stars for him. Picks as well. Yeah, they're, they're just they're saying that they're not getting that value off the market for him. Yeah, yeah. And I think if Celtics can pull it off without giving away Brown, I think that really elevates their position for this year. 
Because that's a massive squad. You think your point guards? Well, how tall? Simo six six. Six ten. Six ten. Brown six six. Tatum six eight. Like it's. And then you got your center and power forward. Yeah. Like a be a massive team. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting stuff. Bucks continue to struggle. Um, just I think it's just after championship woes. I think they'll they'll, they'll be back up there. Um, Giannis, when, when he wants to play, he's like he's beaten the top teams easily, yeah. and they're just sort of in a lull at the moment with the with the bottom end teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts, boys, on um, Cade Cunningham for Detroit at the moment. Had a bit Playing of a really lull. Well. He's had a bit of a lull where he's had three games or so where he's only scored about two points or something. Mm. Um, I think he scored twenty five or something today though, didn't he? Yeah, but. Like three games before that, he had two average like yeah. two points or something. Yeah. Um, so I don't think one game makes up for his absolute. Oh no! But obviously, so if it, but if it means that he's stepping back into that that role where he's scoring more points again, and like yeah, being more. I mean, they've played thirteen games, and out of one game, he scored over twenty points. I don't think that's good mm-hmm. enough for a first round pick or a first pick. Um, Especially in a place like Detroit, though, too, where we there's no other score control. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's tough for him to come in to the NBA from college, and he's like he's a point guard, so everything's going to go through him, really, doesn't it? Yeah. As you said, Muzzy, there's not really. I mean, aside from it was a Jeremy Grant, like he's probably their yeah. best player. Yeah. And I mean, he's not really a scorer either, so it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be some growing pains for for Cade, um, yeah. especially like there's no pieces around him at all. Mm. I reckon this year's um, draft class is going to take a little bit more getting into it than than past. Because we, we've we've already seen last year's draft classes, like mm. Anthony Edwards, I think he had like 48 points the yeah. other night or something. Mm. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. Lamelo's been as great as he's Still, always been. Yeah. And I, as Stanko said, I, I I think that this year's draft class will probably take a few years to develop. But mm. it's just seeing that stark comparison to last year's draft class where it's a little bit alarming. Yeah, mm. and even and even the year before. And the year before that, like with you know, we had Doncic just totally step up. Trey Young, yeah. a lot of these guys that we're not sort of seeing in this draft class. Mm. And that was going to be my question: Do we think it's it's a weak draft class, or do, do they just need time? I think because they didn't have the college year that they had last, like there wasn't a heap of college basketball played at all. Yeah. Um, that's definitely going to hurt your progression. Like, and it's I think. Gonna- yeah, take longer to settle into a class that's even higher than the college. Like, yeah. um, so that for me is probably one of the bigger things. Yeah, well, there's that, there's really... there's that, and then there's that really good draft class that we had last year too. So, yeah. whether or not that draft class from last year has set the bar so high as well, yeah, is yeah. is uh sort of being yeah. shown now too. So, I feel like you can't really properly judge a draft class until about five years after they've. Yeah, sort of been the league because you get yeah. players that are that pick late in first round or midway through first round who just come up and they surprise everyone. Like Scotty Barnes for for the Raptors, the I Raptors, know, yeah, too high of a pick was he? And he's doing better than than those yeah. boys. Yeah. Um. So I think it's probably a bit early to call, but as you said, Roscoe, I think the bar's just been set so yeah. high from mm. you know last year's draft classes. Yeah. We'll give a shout out to um Mobley from Cap Cavaliers. I know everyone talks about Cavaliers got. 20 centers, um, but he's been their standout player at the moment. He's a, he's a rookie, um, and I think he's, he's probably early contention for rookie of the year. Um, he's my shout at the moment, anyway. 
So shout out to Mobley. He's been awesome for them. Number three pick. Um, yeah. Sort of. Kaminga's been looking, good too. What's that? Kaminga. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been pretty he's good. Really, so. He's really excelled in that role because they, they lack so much depth in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to, I think it also helps, like he plays a very similar style to Draymond, except for he can obviously score a bit better. Yeah. Um, like it helps having him there though, because his defense has just been outstanding. Mm. Yeah. So I think those two are the exception, but apart from that, yeah, it's an it's an interesting draft class. Mm. Just for down yeah, Western Commerce, would you there, uh, Roscoe? What do we think of OKC boys? Big question. They've been playing mm. all right. They've they've got some um. Some comeback wins under their belt. They got a few scalps. I think they got they got Lakers twice. Yeah. So, is that right? I, yeah, I probably. Think, I think yeah. um I think this might actually be the the wrong move for AKC. Kick on too high, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think they, yeah, they, they should they should be looking they should be looking for that easy tank. I mean, they've got all these draft picks from other teams, but their what their draft picks are the, should be the most valuable ones. Yeah. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. I think. Realistically, in terms of the bigger scale and the bigger picture of things, you can't really go wrong being OKC unless, obviously, you pick a bunch of scrubs, um, mm. which the likelihood, which be of a is, the likelihood of that happening with 20 first-round draft picks is so low. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, it's just, I think they Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest dilemma we have as a franchise, uh, I've got two options. The first one is... Do we just decide to build around around Shea, or do we just pick the best available player that's in the you know like on the draft in the draft mm-hmm. I should say because you can go down the route of just building everything around Shea yeah. um, because obviously we know he's a great player like mm-hmm. he's going to be a superstar or do you when, when, like you know when you're on the clock do you pick the best available player that's there mm-hmm. that's that's, it's, that's the that's the growing pains that 76ers went through yeah. the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Daryl Hinky was the top dog, his his option was always pick the best available player, um, mm. and that's why they ended up with like I think it was like three years in a row they drafted like a power forward or something. Um, and uh, look, it's it, it's hard. It's hard. Like so, some years you have to. I think you have to pick the best available mm. player yeah. because that that player might have that potential to just be an absolute superstar, mm. but. At the same time, like you said with Shay, like I think he has, he definitely has the potential to be a generational talent. Mm. And can you throw that away? Like it's a, it's a, it's a similar situation where you're asking, like, do you think Dallas would throw away their opportunity to build around Doncic? I yeah. know Doncic, he's a bit further ahead and mm. he's a, bit, a lot more developed than Shay is. Um, <laughs> but it's that same question, like. Should should if the Dallas was if Dallas were struggling this year, I know they're not, but if they were, should they have just taken the best available player, or yeah, should they right. be trading those mm. picks away to try and build around those players? Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what they're going to do, but um, I think it, you know, and sometimes it's even a mix of both. They'll try and build, but then they might just pick the the best one there. So anyway, let's just hope we don't keep finishing mid table for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's. I think the other thing is too. Like for OKC, okay, so they've got a young core there, like with Giddy and like Shea, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So and it's hard to tell them like 
you need to start tanking or whatever to to get the result that yeah, the organization you know wants. So yeah, and you know what? Just, if it, it, just to go back, Roscoe, like about the draft class, I think even Josh Giddy has just been. Yeah, yeah, he's just sort of yeah. quietly working away. I think he's sort of he's doing well, that's, really that's, well. Like I was going to say, he's he's probably like been a dark horse, like mm-hmm. with how with how uh, dynamic he's been for them. Yeah, like I know Shay obviously is getting all the all the sort of glory, but like some of the passing and like IQ that Giddy has is has been phenomenal. So yeah, my, my only other sorry, Snake. Okay. Yeah. I was reading this thing today. I was talking about Giddy and the. Biggest disadvantage he's got at the minute is he's got more missed assists than he does actual assists. Mm-hmm. So like he just doesn't have the players around him to cash yeah. in on mm-hmm. on how good a looks he's actually given his players. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And so he's still his he's numbers, still good numbers too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. his numbers like look great as it is. Mm-hmm. But if they were making half the stuff he gave them, yeah, his numbers would be through the roof. So yeah, yeah. absolutely, he's been sensational. Yeah. Um, yeah, my only other question is, what do we think about the Pelicans? Zion still not back, um, still overweight, foot injury still hampering him. Um, if if Zion, like obviously hypothetically speaking, doesn't return to the Pelicans, is that the biggest missed opportunity of all time? Yeah, I'd have to be close to. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you think like, you go from Davis to to Zion. Mm. Like you're going from two great players, yeah. and then they've got nothing out of it. Because you know, like when when Zion came out, he was he was in high school, and he was already predicted to be number one pick. Mm. Um, like just starting high school, like it's he was so far ahead. Like there hadn't been a gap, and until like LeBron, I think a gap that wide between yeah. the mm. first pick and everybody else. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think. If he doesn't return and like if, if they have to release him and he bounces around team, like Kwame Brown comes to mind where he had numerous injuries. Greg mm-hmm. Oden, same thing. Um, numerous injuries, traded around and then basically had to end his career. It'll be yeah. a shame. And I think the Pelicans really need him to do something, mm-hmm. um, especially this year. Yeah. You know, they've traded away Lonzo, they traded away a few other pieces. Um, I think, I think the other thing, like that, was sort of talked about in the media though before, before Zion had, had even sort of started his NBA career though too, because they were like, the way his his body is compared to the movements that he's doing, mm. just won't be like, just won't work for the duration of his like a long career. That longevity, yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. I think as a professional, he needs to realise that. Just like Joel mm. Embiid, Embiid did mm-hmm. when he mm. knew he was going to be hurt every second game. And he's in the last, what, this year and last year, I think he's played the most he's played all up mm-hmm. like of all his NBA games because he's actually looking after his body. And I think yeah. that that's the, you've you got to step into that professional role. Yeah, You know, I feel like Zion's had all this hype and all this stuff behind him that he's lost track of that, it can all be taken away so quickly. So quickly, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, so do you think it's like a bit of that's just gotten to his head? Like he's the number one, he was the number one draft pick. He was he was like the new man on the block, like yeah. new man on the scene, sort of thing. Like uh just it's just sort of gotten to his head and he's just forgotten that 
yeah, like like you said, it can just be taken away from you so quickly. Mm. And like you can just go from from being the top top dog just to sort of into oblivion sort of thing. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. But honestly, if you've got David Griffin and the Pelicans, you've got to think your two, your two sort of crown jewels would be Ingram and, and Zion. Mm. Yeah. And you, Absolutely. They, I, I don't know if Zion sings his own, if, if the organization's, you know, trying to do everything they can. But you think if they can keep those two and they keep them happy, if they get them to, you know, in the decision-making with the front office and everything else about what players they can bring in, um, to keep them there and to sort of push for a, for some playoff games, like you think mm. they've got to do everything they can in their power to keep those boys. Yeah. But you, as you're what saying, or do you trade Zion and just go all out on Ingram? I don't. I don't think he can trade know. Zion. Yeah. At the moment, he's he's by far the heaviest player in the NBA. Like it's not even mm. close. Like yeah. they're saying, if if they did their weight measurements now, he would be. He'd probably be like. Oh, 20 pound over anyone else, 30 yeah. pound or something over anyone but else. Do you boys think Zion would do this at another franchise though? Like say he got picked by, you know, another franchise like the Timberwolves or somebody. So I'll tell I you what, a franchise living. that would have been a good choice for him would have been the Spurs. Yeah, with Pop, yeah. There's no way he would have been allowed. He would have lost weight when mm. he came back. Mm. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I understand, like, I think part of the blame has to go to the, the Pelicans medical staff mm. um, for, look, <laughs> it's part of their job description, but at the same time, it's not. I mean, mm. it's, you know, it's a really gray area where it's, well, yeah. well, how far do they need to go into that person's personal life mm. when it's off season, when it's got nothing mm. to do with the NBA? Mm. It's hard. It's really hard. But, also, ultimately, at the end of the day, he's supposed to be a professional athlete. Yeah. 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 So yeah. a lot of that does, does fall back on him. So yeah. Like how it's, it's careers, how many careers are ended before they even start through injury? Yeah. Mm. You've got to look after yourself. And this bloke isn't injured necessarily. Mm. Like he needs well, he is, but you can't tell me that the weight mm. isn't a factor. Yeah. He needs to manage himself. Like we joke around like LeBron has two chefs. Mm. Yeah, LeBron has two chefs, and he's also been the best player in the NBA for 20 years. Yeah. It's not yeah. a coincidence. Clip like... that, guys. Clip that. We heard it. <laughs> no, but you know I, I mean? see what like, you're saying, though, too. Like, but, like even, even Embiid yeah. went, went out and got a chef yeah. and looked after himself. But, yeah. like, we've seen, like, players like Dwight Howard, uh, even Embiid as well, sort of break down early in their career. And like it could very easily go that way for Zion if he doesn't pick up his game and get mm. back on track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they break down more physically. I think he's like mm. the weight's a bigger issue for me than just battling. Well, yeah, but that's that's feet. still yeah, that's still physically though too. Like uh, just, it's just a matter of for me. It's he's he's always been big, yeah. but he he can he has the ability to change it round and like make himself a more durable player too. Yeah. Which is what the Pelicans really need him to do. Yeah. If they want to hold on to him. He needs to be on the court a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And con- considering his his style of play too, it's very different to a lot of players. I mean, he's compared very a lot to Charles Barkley because of his aggressive driving style. Mm. Um, he's also very explosive. Like mm. a lot of things that don't play well for oversized big men. Yeah. Big men. 
That's and it's it's exactly why Jalen Embiid's catered his style now. Mm. I mean, like he shoots way more threes than he ever has, mm. um, but he's also ability to shoot from the mid range, and he definitely gets in the post. He gets down, mm. he tries to dunk, and he tries to go in hard, but it's not every play. Mm. Um, yeah. But also, he looks after his body a lot better, mm. and. You know, certain organizations like, for example, Memphis Grizzlies, they need to be praised for the way that they handle their, not just their youth coming through, but their older players as well. Um, mm. they, they do a lot of things like like Spurs, Grizzlies. They look they look after a lot of their players in how they're, they're managed. And you can see it now, like with Ja Morant, like he's got the highest field goal percentage within the paint of any player in the yeah. NBA. I mean, it's ridiculous for, for a guard that's like 6'3", 6'2". Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> it all comes down to his conditioning is great. Um, Jared Jackson's conditioning's always been great. But those guys coming out of um, college didn't necessarily have awesome conditioning. Mm. Um, and they've really adjusted their style to that. And so there's a lot of teams that are really professional and really good at doing it. And I, yeah. I just don't think Pelicans are one. Mm. Yeah, and even like I reckon the ultimate person that's changed their career, changed their style is Derek Rose. Like, not too many can compete with his form at the minute, is sensational. And he had to recreate his entire body, battle injuries. He's gone super, super professional on it. And look what he's doing for the Knicks. Yeah, like he, he's had two careers, yeah. like, mm. so it's possible. Mm. Yeah. Um, just one quick question about the Warriors boys. Do you think uh, the reason why their record is so good is because they've they're that good? They're the real deal. Or do you think it's just um, just a fluke at the minute? No, I think it's I think it's hard to deny what, like where they're at because of the way they're playing. Like, Stanko mm. and I told you, you got to watch out for Steph. Yeah, is Will listen yeah. to us? Yeah, no, he's going to be a threat. The Lakers will win. No. He's um he's been. Hey, you're the one that said the Lakers would win. But um, he the role players have stepped up, um, like all of them, and I think he's just taken them with him at yeah. the moment. So yeah. Yeah. he's just been he's been terrific. Yeah, James Wiseman's been really quiet, but contributing well and efficiently. Um, which I think that's the most important because it's the most important thing to Golden State. It's all about yeah. efficiency. Um, yeah. If your efficiency ratings through the roof, and you're only taking two shots, they don't care. Mm, mm. Um, it's yeah. it's why they're a perennial perennial winner mm. um, because it's 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 all about the efficiency. It's all yeah. about efficiency. And I think and, they're just playing the best sort of version of team basketball that you yeah. can play. Really, I think mm. that's the big factor. Like, I mean, Steph's the greatest shooter in the game yeah. ever, you know, and yeah. but he doesn't have that ego. He's always happy to pass that ball and and yeah. get other players involved. Yeah. Um, like, don't get me wrong, I still think they're great, but I just think it's going to be interesting to see how they go against some tougher competition because I don't think they've actually played that many great teams yet. Who are you like, worried you know, about? They've played OKC twice. They've played a couple of those scrub teams a couple of times. They the Lakers, Lakers a couple twice. of times, so I think. Yeah. yeah, but Lakers are scrubs at this point in the season, mate. <laughs> I, like. um, I, I, just, I just think it'll be interesting to see how they go against harder teams and also to see how they go when, when Clay's back mm. because I think they're only going to get stronger with Clay back. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So who, who, what matchup are you excited to watch and play, Coxie? Uh, look, I'd really like them or like to see them play 
probably a team like the Nets. I think that'd be a really good, yeah. really good game to watch. They actually play the Nets tomorrow now that you said that. Today. That's, yeah. that's hectic. So I'd like to see how they go. And it'll be good to see how they go without Clay. So they've played the Hawks. They've played the Bulls. Uh, they've played the Hornets. Uh, they played the Hornets twice, sorry. Um, they've played the Grizzlies. They've played the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Trailblazers. Mm. Yeah, you're right, Coxie. But, yeah, I don't know. Some of those... I'm not saying they're not the real deal. They're pretty yeah, good. Yeah. It's just going to be interesting to see how they do go against the tougher opponents like your your Phoenix Suns and your... your yeah, match up on the, Nets. the matchup on the Suns, for me, is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. But, oh yeah, Absolutely. I, I I think it is actually I actually think the the Dallas Golden State matchup will be crazy, yeah. and as the season progresses, I want to see how they match up against Denver because I want to see what Wiseman can do against mm. arguably one of the best yeah, teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so I want to see how they go against the Heat because the Heat have the best uh, three point defensive rating, yeah, ever I think. Mm. So I'd love yeah. to see them go against a team like that. Yeah. And Jimmy's an animal, you know. Mm-hmm. Whoever he's get, he gets marked up against is going to be having a long night. So him versus Steph or whoever they play it, yeah, it'd be fascinating to watch that. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Um, I think the only other news that sort of come out is uh, so uh, Luca has injured, re-injured that ankle that he did last year. Uh, I think. He would only be out for a few games, but that'll that'll be interesting to see where Dallas ends up after after that time off. Uh, also, Westbrook is looking or not looking, but the team's looking to trade him off places as well too. So it's uh, it's it's all moving and shaking at the minute, boys. Can I just but, say uh, just quickly the one uh, thing about this table here that doesn't shock me: Sacramento or tenth. <laughs> that um, that's the most just stable thing in the world. That yep, sure is. <laughs> we'll only be we more stable if we're eleventh. Just outside the playoff picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got to give you a little bit of hope. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. It is early on. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't don't be surprised if they move they move into that seven six spot and then just drop to eleven. <laughs> right at the very end. Yeah. No, don't be silly, mate. Buddy Hill to keep you there. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Bagley, yeah. Yeah, Marvin Bagley. Great pick he was. Yeah. Oh man. Well, very good. I think that's the wrap up for the NBA for this week. And we will move on to the news. So we've had a few news things come out this week, and I think we'll start with the most exciting of them. Stago. Australia won the tweet. T20 World Cup after we said that they wouldn't make it past the semis. Yeah, well, there was a few things that sort of lent our way to, to get us into the final end to, for us to win it. The fact of the matter is that we won the toss. So of the last eight games played at that stadium, the team that batted second won every game. So massive advantage. So the fact that we won the toss both times against Pakistan firstly and New Zealand in the final really set us up because batting did become easier as the game went on. Um, But saying that, 
there's only twice 170 got chased down, and that was Australia chasing it down against Pakistan and New Zealand. So mm. two tremendous efforts in the own. Uh, Mitch Marsh was just outstanding, player of the match in the final, but that could have gone to anyone. Uh, could have gone to Joshy Hazelwood, who had three for 14 or something ridiculous like that. Um, but yeah, it was um, three for 16 for Hazelwood. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, Adam Zampa, he only got one for in that game, but he was unlucky not to be player of the tournament. Um, yeah, David Warner walks away with that accolade of player of the tournament. Um, and after the criticism of him early, um, tremendous turnaround because mm. if you think to the IPL, which we don't cover, but in the IPL, he was dropped from his club side for poor form. Mm. Um, ridden off in this, Australia need to look in another direction. And he comes out, he's the third highest run scorer in the tournament. Um, and yeah, player of the series. So tremendous effort from D Warner. Um, three Aussies made the team, and I've talked about all of them. Um, the team of the tournament, that's Dave Warner, Adam Zamper, and Josh Hazelwood. Um, all extremely deserving. Josh Hazelwood coming across from an IPL victory. So he was awesome in that, and he was awesome in the final of this. Um, so, yeah, it's our first ever T20 World Cup, and it's the last piece of the puzzle for Australia. We now own every trophy. Well, we've owned every trophy. Mm. I think the only one we want now is the Test Championship, which has only ever happened once. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's a pretty new concept and mm-hmm. we'll look to get that back soon. Mm-hmm. Um, Thoughts on... Really weird... Sorry. That's... Sorry, Snake. I just had a quick question while we were talking about yep. Dave Warner. Um, yep. He's come under a lot of fire, even after winning player of the tournament. Um, a lot of people saying that um, even though his bat- batting was great, obviously he said there was, there was two players ahead of him. Um, in the total runs. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? That criticism of, I, I, I agree that his, his bounce back was awesome, as he said. Like he had a terrible spurt in the IPL um, yeah. where he's been dropped and, and the rest of it. And I think there was, there was a bit of a spout or something in with the coaching staff or something like that. Yeah. So he's always, there's always been a stigma around him about in the dressing shed that he's not yeah. always the most loved person. Yeah. Um, in regards to him being the third highest run scorer and player of the tournament, I think a 50 in the semi and a 50 in the final helped him. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that we beat Pakistan, which had the two uh, leading run scorers in it, yep. um, I think that helped him as well. Yep. Um, the one for me that was unlucky is probably Adam Zampa, who yep. I think is the best leg spinner in the world um, yep. and probably the best white ball bowler in the world. Yeah. Uh, at the minute, which is sounds really weird saying that Adam Zampa is the best at anything because he's <laughs> been so shit for so long. Um, but yeah, so it's for me like it's a deserved title for Warner, to tell you the truth. Um, and do you like for all you boys, like I know I feel like it, sh- it should it should come from not necessarily the team that wins it all, but at least a team that goes like deep, like, right through. especially in this in this mm-hmm. in this circumstance, like it was one win out of the group into the final. Yeah. Um, I think the t- a team that goes to the grand final has to have the player of the tournament. 
Yeah, um, I'm not trying to yeah. take yeah. anything away from Pakistan. Yeah. But they come through a pool that was extremely easy. Yeah. So Australia's pool, like they, Pakistan, sorry, they had to beat India, which they were tough, but they didn't make the final two. Um, so like they had it quite easy. They come through with New Zealand as well. Australia had to beat the West Indies, South Africa, England. Like it was stacked. Yeah. So um, if you sort of put those calculations into it a little bit as well, Australia had the tougher run. Um, saying that, Pakistan didn't come out of it without achieving anything because yeah. um, Barbara Azam goes to become the first person since Kohli in 2017. So he's now the number one batsman in ODIs and T20s, mm-hmm. um, which is a top achievement. Um, so that's like crazy for someone from Pakistan. And Baba's only so, he's so young. He was in the team of the tournament. Um, and the captain that side, they're going to have a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the crazy thing about this World Cup is that the next World Cup is in, tw- in 12 months. Yeah, so this was meant to be played two years ago. Yeah. Uh, the next T20 World Cup is next year. Yeah, so it's um to get it back on schedule. So it's a really quick turnaround. So you watch Pakistan and New Zealand be extremely competitive in that. Yeah. Um, just a crazy little side note before we go off the cricket. Australia's last five T20 series, we didn't win any of them. We lost to Bangladesh, we lost to the West Indies, we lost to India, we lost to New Zealand, and we lost to someone else that we should have beaten. Um, Which says two things to me. It says, one, we're playing too much cricket at the same time because we can't pick our best strength team for the T20 tournaments. It also shows that we are a real tournament team. So, like, we we taper our team and we get our squads ready for World Cups. So... We were happy to blood young players in those series that didn't really mean anything. Mm. And then that's where we find someone like Mitch Marsh who can bat three, who he did that in the West Indies and he was the only one that did anything. Mm. And then he wins as a World Cup final. So mm. um, even though we, we may not have won the series as leading into the World Cup, it was definitely the right preparation because it had us absolutely tapering at the perfect time. So um, for me, great World Cup. Oh, very good. Ah, well, with that, we'll move on to the next bit of news. And we had Valentino Rossi announcing his retirement this year and had his final race uh, and finished 10th, I believe. So, Snake, I'll hand it over to you. But good good result for Valentino, a legend of the sport. Oh, he's been one of the greats for so long. So he, he'll probably – he is the goat of MotoGP, like – there's no one that really comes close to him. I think the next highest amount of tiles is five, and he's got nine. Mm. Um, so, like, he's blown that out of the water. But some numbers for him. So, he's got nine world titles. He's won 115 races, been on 100, 235 podiums, 30, uh, 65 poles, 96 for fastest laps, for 432 GP starts. So, like, he's been an absolute animal. He's won world titles on three different bikes. Like, he's... And you think he's those those stats only dwindled towards the end because he's not on a very competitive bike either. Yeah, yeah. but the bike he's he still... on now, he owns the team. 
Yeah. Like, that's how, like, he, he bought the team, set it up, and now, like, he's the best person in the world to ride it. Yeah. So you watch for them to have success next year after he hops off the bike and spends more mm. time in that aspect of the mm. of the race game because there's not too many people that know how to win better than Valentino. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And good luck to him in his future endeavours. Uh, moving on, we had... Well, just before we get into the Steven Gerrard news, we had our little mate Dylan Alcott announcing his retirement from uh, wheelchair tennis. Uh, I think he finishes off as like one of the best players to ever have played the, the wheelchair arena. So, so is he gonna? He's gonna play the Australian Open, isn't he? So like, he's retiring after the Australian Open next year. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it was the idea that he can finish on home turf and yeah. yeah. Hopefully, go out with a win. Yeah. But no, very good for him. Great career. Yeah, absolute legend. And moving on, we have Steven Gerrard has been announced as the Aston Villa uh, manager. Snako, what's the ETA on your new Aston Villa jersey? Well, mate, sales, this will shock people. Sales of the jersey skyrocketed uh, last week. So I'm waiting till June next year because they're in such high demand. But um, I look mm-hmm. forward to it arriving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to supporting my new team next year. <laughs> Who are we? Aston Villa. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to supporting Aston Villa next year. At least they got better juniors than Liverpool, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, mate? Liverpool has all the juniors. Exactly. Oh, uh, very good. It, it, was, it was also announced, sorry, while, we, while we're on the subject, um, I think... Like it was like the next day after we did our last pod um, that it was announced that Newcastle has signed a new manager. Yeah. Um, so they took in Howe from um, – he'd previously done a couple of stints, I think, at Brighton. Um, and um, he also had done um, – I can't remember the team he was before that. Um, Bournemouth? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was, yeah, yeah. was at Bournemouth yeah. for a while, yeah. 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 And then Burnley, is, he was an assistant, I think, there. So, mm. um, yeah, so in- interesting interesting take. Um, he's, he's done reasonably well for Bournemouth. Um, I mean, they're, they're a mid-tier team sort of thing. He, I think he's done basically what they expected him to do. be interesting to see how he goes moving forward. I think this might be a move to try and help bolster their youth academy. Mm. Um and to help bolster their young players coming through and any new players arriving, because I feel like that he'll be a sort of a welcome face for those newer, younger players, yeah. particularly. Um, so be, they, might be, be, they might be heading down that path that we talked about investing in their youth to try and bring up yeah. um, the amount of money that they can spend through yeah. that and bolster, Long continue terms to bolster the team. Sustained success. Yeah, yeah. And be, I think he'll be like that stepping stone for the next manager. Like he'll be, he'll like he'll do like that role where he's building up the youth, and then they'll they'll do what Man City and Chelsea did, like to send all their youth out to get experience, and in that way they can get players in as well. So yeah. I think I think that's sort of the way they look like they're heading at the minute. Yeah, smart because it worked for them. Yeah. Not oh, very good. Well. I think with that, that is the end of episode 61 of the Pick 199 podcast. We thank you for listening and we'll catch up with you next time. See ya. Yeah.